Midas Pharo looking for two. Doncaster straight. Can he do it again? Light up the world is getting up near the fence. But Pharo, Pharo dashed to the lead from Abbe Glenn and light up the world, followed by Aragen and Brave Warrior. But Gavin Eads goes for home on Pharo. Look at Auntie Mary. Auntie Mary out of the back. This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Pride's Easy Feed. Sydney Stayers races in midwinter don't attract top-class fields, but they're welcomed by the trainers of horses who are not good enough for the autumn and the spring. One such race is the listed WJ McKell Cup to be run at Rose Hill on June the 17th with a purse of $160,000. The McKell Cup was first run in 1962 as a tribute to Sir William McKell, Premier of New South Wales from 1941 to 1947 and leader of the State Labor Party. He intended to leave the public arena as far back as 1946, but he was offered the position of Governor-General of Australia by Prime Minister Ben Chifley. He accepted the coveted role and remained in office for six years. In 1943, he played a part in having the Sydney Turf Club Act passed by Parliament and the new race club was given the go-ahead to conduct 62 race meetings a year. 19 years later, he was honoured by the Sydney Turf Club with the introduction of the WJ McKell Cup and for many years, Sir William himself made a point of getting to Rose Hill to present the trophy. Sir William McKell died in 1985 at the remarkable age of 93. He's remembered as a great racing man and the founding father of the Sydney Turf Club. He'll be remembered at Rose Hill on June the 17th. Had it not been for a sense of adventure, Todd Smart might still be working in the family butcher shop at Gundagai. With his three brothers, Rhys, Jake and Joseph, looking likely to follow their father Bob into the business, Todd always felt he'd probably go in a different direction. He learned to ride a pony at a very early age and by 14 he started to spend time after school at the stables of local trainer and horsebreaker David Blundell. There was a short love affair with camp drafting and then for reasons best known to himself, Todd decided to give bull riding a serious shot serious enough to go to Canada where the sport is high profile. A nasty shoulder injury brought him back to Australia for surgery, after which he decided to head off to London with a few mates. He saw most of Europe over the next two years before returning home to plan his future. Long term, his goal was to train horses, but he knew an intense apprenticeship lay ahead. Three years with John O'Shea at Randwick, six years with Colin Little at Caulfield and 18 months at Lloyd Williams' Macedon Lodge prepared him for the long, intimidating road ahead as a professional trainer. I'll let Todd tell you just how tough it's been to get on his feet in the ferociously competitive business of horse training. He's bracing himself for another bitter Canberra winter as he joins us on the podcast. Great to catch up, Todd. Thanks for your time. Hi, John. Yeah, thank you. How have you been? Good, thanks, mate. Nice to talk. You know, Keith Dryden told me once, 
it's not uncommon for track work riders to come back at Canberra with ice on their eyebrows. Yeah, 100%. Like even this morning, uh, look, it wasn't too bad this morning, but on the Saturday uh, before, I think it was minus four or five. And um, yeah, they don't, um, I hate those sort of mornings, but I've, I've learned to, to live with it. Um, you know, it, it helps when you've got some nice horses and good facilities. So it makes it all worth it. Yeah, and Todd, if one of the team goes out there and works the joint down, you don't even feel the cold. No, you don't. You know, it makes it an even better morning, John. It, um, you know, like it's it's it, that's what you sort of obviously why work horses or, or train horses is get that sort of buzz about it as well. Mm. Um, nothing better than seeing a horse, you know, working good good time and you know and, and have him working up for uh, ready for a race. And then pull up without blowing a candle out. Yeah, come back and not blowing not blowing a candle out at all, and yeah, and just and just be nice, relaxed, and happy, and yeah. and ready for the, for the run. So. Yeah, and you say to yourself, "Where's the nomination form?" Oh, hundred um, <laughs> percent. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know, you spent the first eighteen months of your training career at Wagga, but it was fellow trainer and your great mate Luke Pepper who talked you into moving to Canberra when boxes became available at Thoroughbred Park, and you haven't regretted it for one moment. Yeah, 100%. Look, I I was just talking to, to Luke there one day, and I was just telling him how tough I was doing it. You now, for me, starting a business, um, a bit of a backstory of this is, is what happened is I was finishing up at Lloyd's and decided to want to go training myself. Um, we had a... My partner and I had a, uh, a a baby on the way, and mm. it was probably a, a wrong thing by trying to start a business while you know having you know a baby at the same time was you know it's you know if I ever done it again I, I probably wouldn't have started a business but it's it sort of I think it's made me stronger as a as a person and as a trainer you sort of stick things out and mm. look when I talk, spoke to Luke he, he just spoke about the the facilities and how good they were. You know, it's, I, I was just struggling to get a horse at Wagga. I know yeah. it was close to home, but, you know, I I just wanted to, you know, further myself in my career. Um, I wanted to do better. Like, I, we were just struggling, you know. I, I, it's just, you know, how much of a struggle is this for, for a younger trainer to start training. And, um, you know, I've always been taught just to keep at it and keep working. You know, if you, you, the harder you work, the, the luckier you get. And, mm. Look, I'm sort of at the stage now. Yeah, I think that what that saying is 100 percent true. Um, there's, there's a few times there I thought, "Geez, I don't know if I'm, I should be doing this." But the move to, to Canberra was the best thing I've ever done, and uh, you know, I think it's onwards and upwards. I think so. You're working a team of 15, which for now is your preferred number. You like to watch them all, don't you? Yeah, I do. I I, I did once upon a time ride track work but I just feel myself I just feel a horse that even walking to the walk or going to the pool or going out and watch a gallop every morning and I just seem to think I'm a better worker on the ground I you know I'm a welder by trade and always sort of been hands-on in that regard mm. I don't know I, I just I just think I get a better feel and um yeah and I, I like love working with with staff and you know mm. and good horses and yeah, it just yeah, it just makes it better. Mm, I'm reminded of the famous old adage that the eye of the master can do more work than both of his hands. 
Oh, 100%. You know, and it's just, it, I just think, yeah, in that, in, the, in you saying that, it, it is 100% true. And, mm. you know, you've got to have good riders as well. And um, I have got those, um, mm. you know, along the, along the way, you know, my short time in training, I, I have had good riders and, you know, they're, you're only as good as them as well. And, yeah. and obviously, I just did a little bit of a finishing touches, which I've learned along the way, of mm. sort of doing my apprenticeship with the trainers I've been with, you know, over the years. Mm. Well, Todd, you grew up in the historic township of Gundagai, known all over the world thanks to Jack O'Hagan's famous song of 1922. You've also got the dog on the Tucker Box Monument down at Snake Gully. That's another tourist attraction. And I'm sure you're a very proud product of a wonderful little town. I am. Um, always, um, you know, get back to Gundagai and, very proud of uh, where I've, you know, we've brought up and, and born. Um, you know, I sort of, as you said, have got my family there. We've, you know, it's been, we've got, you know, it's been in this sort of family since uh, dad, dad, dad done his apprenticeship in 1977 mm. and he bought some, bought the butcher shops there 1983. And, mm. you know, they, it's a bit, as I said, my brothers worked for him and, what happens is um, they all the cattle and, and pigs and sheep were go through the butcher shop that way. And mm. look, I never I never really sort of got into it, but obviously helped after you know school and things like that. Um, also, Gunner guys obviously got the Gunner guy Tigers, and look, also you know the, the Gunner guy racetrack, which you know everyone in Gunner guy follows racing. So you know, yeah. at, at a young age, I, I just you know I, I really love racing and. You know, hence sort of working with David, you know, as a 14, 15-year-old, you know. So. Yeah, Mum used to pick you up after school and yep. she'd take you down to David's stables and you couldn't have learned the fundamentals from a better horseman than that bloke. Oh, 100%. You know, and I you know, always, you know, think my mother, my, my poor mother, she picked me up every afternoon and, and, and picked me up, um, you know. I, you know, it was just, you know, Mum and Dad, they, they, they were very supportive as or as all my brothers, um, mm. you know, but it was, you know, they look one day when I think I was might have been 15 year old. I, I brought a, a an ex racehorse of David's home and mm. and put it in the backyard. And mum and dad said, "What the bloody hell are you doing with that?" You know, and <laughs> they, they soon <laughs> I soon had to take it back. So you know, that's that's one of those things. It, it was it was a funny story at the time. I, I thought I could do you know just sit in the back of the yard and feed it and. Yeah. But no, we, we had to we had to move it, give it back because I, you know, I didn't even know how to ride. But yeah. I had a horse in the backyard that I didn't tell mum and dad about. So, no, but it was a thoroughbred. That's all you. It was a thoroughbred. That's all you yeah. needed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, Todd, on leaving school, you declined dad's invitation to make a butcher of you, and you opted for a welding apprenticeship, which you gained with flying colours. And I'll bet that skill has served you well many times through life. Yeah, it has. Um, I've done the, my apprenticeship over at the abattoir at Gundagai. Um, Tony and Bill Barton own that. Tony a, a, was a trainer in his own right, mm. trained a few horses around the country. And, look, I've got to done my apprenticeship there, my four-year apprenticeship. And, look, it's done me. It served me really well. Like, I, you know, I, I – I, it's all my dad's always said to me, or oh, I couldn't leave school until we we done an apprenticeship. And mm. obviously, my, my brother's done their butcher apprenticeship. And yeah. look, I you know I wasn't 
that keen on doing that and and done something different and this this apprenticeship come up and look I'm I you know it's always always say to people it's always something I could fall back on if I needed to yeah. and look when you know when I went overseas um, you know I I, it, it, I worked you know over there overseas for a couple of years so that so that helped me make money to go around Europe and and things like that um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's always with you, and I, you know, I recommend, you know, if you leave school, look, it's it's always good to get into racing, but it's always good to get an apprenticeship or something, mm. in case you, you know, in case you need it in later in life, sort of thing, you know. Mm. You showed a bit of talent on the football field. You were a dab hand in the camp drafting field, and then you got hooked on bull riding. How the hell did that happen? Yeah, well, I, I started probably getting on sort of potty calves and steers and things like that for my, my uncle Peter Pollock and I, you know, wanted to sort of do a little bit more. I, I don't think I was ever much good, but I, I had a mate of mine, a family friend of mine, Jeff Edwards, he lived up the road from us and we've always been sort of family friends and he was a, a really good bull rider Um years ago and you know i still remember him winning a, a rodeo at, at gundagai years ago and mm. look, we're, we're still friends now and he, he he's um we're quite close and and we often talk and he still breaks all my horses in and mm. he taught me what to do there as i said i was never much good but i i mm. thought that you know to, i thought i was i wanted to be better and yeah. and and I, I i opted to when i finished my apprenticeship i i wanted i, I actually finished my apprenticeship to go over to Canada and obviously do a bit of travelling, but do the sort of amateur circuit over there. And look, it was an eye opener. Yeah, um, you based I, yourself I did, where Alberta, wasn't it? Yeah, I was in Alberta, a mm. place called Wainwright. Um, mm. Wainwright was a where the um, where the army had an army base there, and it was was sort of more more known for that, not sort of cowboys, but. I stayed there, based myself there through people I, I knew that had been over there in previous years. Stayed there, and look, I, I was only doing amateur. And mm. what I was thinking is, obviously, you do amateur first, and then you sort of go into the pros, and, and hopefully, you know, then you, you know, then, then you sort of hopefully you, you get better and, and and make more money and mm. and progress, sort of thing. And um, yeah, and it, it sort of it was really good. I went over there for six months. Six to eight months, and look, it ended up hurting my shoulder pretty bad. Yes. Now, tell me about that accident. It was a ripper, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I I got pulled down by a horse and got hung up. Uh, oh, sorry, a bull, mm. and um, got hung up. And what do you, you know, mean by I, hung up? Well, the, the sort of when a bull bucks, uh, you, you tie your hand in to the with, with uh, the bull rope. Um, it was stuck in the rope. I got pulled down over its head, so oh, it's bucking and spinning. Mm. I got pulled over over its head and got hung up. And what they do, the bullfighters come in and they try and take your arm out of the, out of the rope. But the mm. rope, you put you put some rods on it, which sticks you into the rope onto the rope. Mm. So if you fall on the wrong side, you can get hung up. And I got hung up and pulled my sh- sh- shoulder out out of joint and um, and hit me head. And look, I, I think I was I was bleeding out of one one of my ears there as well. And I end up being in. In hospital for about a week, and I was knocked out, confused, didn't sort of knew knew where I was for for about th- two or three days, and I only now told my mother and dad, mum and dad, how how bad the, uh, the injury was, and yeah. you know, I just didn't want to scare them. But look, if they knew, I, I was in a bit of trouble there for a, a couple of days, and 
anyway, I, I, I come back straight back home and that was the end of my radio career. But as I said, I, I was only doing amateurs, um, but I, I loved it. You know, I, I sort of give up football to, to do it. Um, just to look back at now, maybe I shouldn't have, shouldn't have, but, you know, I wouldn't have got to Canada and, and meet the people or, or see the, oh, see no. Canada if I didn't, you know. There's but. a positive to everything. You've talked yeah. about your trip um, to London with a few mates. You've talked about your uh, tour of Europe. You saw a lot of the world in that time. And then it yeah. was back to Gundagai to do some serious thinking about your future. Now, racing yeah. was high on the list. Through a friend, you got a tip that John O'Shea was looking for a stable hand. You called him. What did he say? Yeah, he said, "Come." To, uh, John said, come down straight away. He said, John's, to this day, me and John, um, I, I could call him a mate. Um, he's a he's a he's a trainer. Uh, I could see he's a mate, and he's a you know he's very he likes people that are hard working, honest. I got a, a job through. I come home from London. Um, you know, I was very confused. You know, he travelled the world for a couple of years, and you thought come back, and I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want a world. I was I've had enough of that. Um, you know, I've always loved horses, and I, I rang my friends and people, uh, guys that are in my horses still to this day, mm. David Tout and, and Marty Hay, and I said, look, can you just give me a, a, a job down, maybe a job down at uh, John O'Shea's, and rang him straight away, and he said, when can you get him down here as soon as you can, and, and mm. that was, a, I, I love being down there with John, and, you know, as I said, I, I only spoke to him, you know, probably a week ago about how I'm going, and mm. About the new poly track we've just got in at Canberra, I just want to have a bit of a chat because you know he knows the ins and outs of tracks, and mm. he's always good good to talk to John and gives you plenty of advice still to this day. So look, he he my time down there, we, we sent I sent a lot of nice horses, and he he taught me how taught me how to track work ride. So mm. I'm forever grateful for that, um, you know, all the time. So yeah, he started you on a pony, didn't he? Leading horses in that famous bull ring. I think he hit the deck a few times early on, didn't you? Yeah, I think I've, I'm the only bloke that probably fell off the pony three times uh, in one day. Um, so that's you got how the treble. It, yeah, got the treble. So it always happens in three. So they say that. So it was. A, I've always got the the record at Randwick for that. I'm, I'm sure. You know. Yeah. Um, so I, I obviously knew how to ride horses. He starred me on. You know, after you know a gallop on Tuesday, I'd I'd go out in the pony and work the horses off off the pony in the boring. Mm. Um, you know, and then, you know, I was, I was getting a bit confident and things like that with my riding and, and then he threw me on, uh, racehorses and started doing that. And Mm. look, I, I got up to doing a bit of even time at John's and a little bit more, but, Mm. you know, I, I still that time, I, you know, I I was learning, I had to learn quick. Um, you know, I, I think the best thing he done with me is just put me on, on those racehorses in those even time and just work for some, work with those good work riders he's got. Yeah. And look, I just got, got to learn so much. So quickly. Um, mm. So quickly and I had to, you know. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I don't ride track work anymore, but I, I, I do. I, riding track work early on, it just gives you a feel of, of you just know what the, what the riders are talking about when they come back and mm. how they feel and, and just that sort of stuff. And it just gives me a, a good idea of what they're feeling on, on top mm. of the horse, which is which is great. But as I said, John had some bloody ripper horses while I was there. While he had racing to win for one, winner of 13 races, five group ones, 3.7 million. 
Can you imagine what that would be today, that $3.7 million? Oh, look, the horse um, might claim the fame there. I think I, I might have trod the horse up there one day for him. Mm. So I walked it down. They trod up for Huey Bowman or, or whoever was riding the horse on the day in the, in the, in the gallop and, and trod mm. him home. And that, that's as, as close as I got to him. Yeah. Um, but in that sort of time, you had Rain the Wind, you had Primus. I think Written Tycoon was there for a short time. He was a very now, fast horse. Before you leave him, Written Tycoon, John did have him. Um, he's, of course, gone on to attain legendary status as a stallion. As a yep. racehorse, he won only twice, but one of those wins was the Todman Stakes. I can remember another Randwick trainer telling me once, he said, John O'Shea's got a two-year-old over there, which is the fastest horse in work at Randwick. Written tycoon, would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. You know, he was, he was a lovely horse around the stable. He was, was only there for a short time at John's, but I still remember the brands to this day and, um, you know, and just what sort of presence he had. Um, you know, look, just all those good horses, they're all good, good little, they've got their little quirks, but, you know, around the stable, they're generally really nice and quiet. They know their job. And, mm. and certainly, you know, John had some bloody nice horses and he still has now, you know, and, mm. and, you know, it's it's just yeah, like it was you know riding sort of that sort of quality horse back then and, and learning on it was was bloody you couldn't get couldn't get much better you know no, and no. Um, yeah like he's um yeah and, and, and as I said John um you know it, it doesn't John is always you know he puts you on a horse or what what sort of caliber horse he he wouldn't put you on the horse if you didn't think he could, could handle it oh no, no. so he, he'd you know, place you right. He played place for right when I was learning, and yeah. you know, and it was it was good. And so I've learned 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 uh, had to learn quickly, but it was the the right way to do about it, you know. So. Well, inevitably, you wanted to broaden your horizons, and you decided to head into state. You spotted a job on the internet with the late Rick Hoare Lacey at Caulfield. You got the job. You lasted only four days. The reasons are now unimportant. But you had to find another job, and the only bloke you knew in Melbourne was Simon Miller, who was working for another stable, and he gave you a tip that would lead you to six of the happiest years of your life. Yeah, w w about that, I I walked into uh, John's office there one day, and I, I said, look, John, I, I love the job, I just want to you know, go down to Melbourne or just try and try other trainers and he and he said, Oh, that's a good idea and I just told him I was going down down to Rick's. He said, Look, why don't you go to Denny O'Brien's? And I said, Oh, I'll, I'll you know, when you're you know, younger, you know, you think you know a little bit and you know, I was getting pretty confident in how I was riding and mm. doing things and and you know, you look back at that and you think, Oh geez, he was right, you know. Mm. Um but now, you know, how how I could come about getting the job at Collins is what Simon Miller was assistant trainer at Colin uh, Little. We're talking about yeah, Colin Little. You're talking about how I got the job at Collins was Simon Miller was assistant trainer for John O'Shea at the time, and he he went down to work to be assistant trainer for Robert Smurden mm. for Aquinita, and he was already down there. And, and luck happened, I didn't wouldn't know anyone at all in Melbourne. I just went went down to Melbourne. Um, Got a place on the internet, you know. I just and and just just lucked it, you know. Just 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 done it all on my own, and that's how I've sort of done this sort of racehorse caper. I've done it all on my own, um, 
and just trying to, you know, trying to make my way to where I am now. And mm-hmm. he he said, I rang him. He said, look, I, I'm not, I'm not that, I don't like the job where I'm at, and it's not working out. Can you give me a job? He said, yeah, of course you can. I, I've got, I've got a, a guy called Colin Little that's looking for a, um, you know, a foreman, a leading hand. Um, come over and I'm introducing. So I, so I went over there and I, I had an appointment with with. Um, Colin, I rang Colin. I said, "I'm, um, you know, looking for a job." And so Colin's taking me into his front, uh, where the place called Lord Lodge. It's a bloody, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, took, mm. took me in the front of his um, place there, and he had all these trophies and beautiful paintings and things like that. And very astute man. And I've never met Colin. I, I walked straight in there, and he was so good to talk to. Very astute. And just went through everything, and it was, you know, I just said, "Jesus, going to." I walked out of that meeting with with Colin, and I thought, "What a what a nice man, a knowledgeable man." Yeah. And look, I ended up being there, and he gave me the job. I was there for six to seven years. It was it was the best thing I've ever done. a gentleman of the turf in every sense of the word. You arrived yeah. at Lord Lodge, named after that great weight for rage horse of yesteryear, after Cole's top horse El Segundo had won the Cox Plate. I don't think he won again, did he, during your time there, but his job had been done. Twelve wins, yeah. eight placings, almost four million and four group ones. What do you remember of El Segundo? Yeah, I, I can remember him. Um, I, I was there when he ran fourth. He'd already ran first, second and a fourth and that when I was there. Mm. Um, I can remember actually selling the horse up in that Cox Plate and that was the biggest thrill of my life when I – you know, when, when Colin said, he said, oh, I'm going to play trainer. I'm going to talk to the owners. You, you settle the horse. I'm thinking, oh, geez, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm settling El Segundo before the, before the Cox Plate. And, um, you know, I'm thinking this is, this is you know, this is the best ever. Like, I'm thinking not many people will be able to do this. I was thinking that was just going through my mind, you know. And mm. that, that day he ran fourth. It was the biggest thrill in my life, you know, so far. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Who rode him that day? Luke Nolan? Um, yeah, Luke, Luke Mullen rode him that day. Mm. Um, and you know, he was, he was a special horse. So I've still got clippings of him now to this day in photo frames of, you know, taking him to the walk of water up at Aquanita and mm. he just had his little issues after, um, his first and second and, mm. and look, he, you know, he ran fourth, but you know, he, as I said, he's done a bloody good job and he was a lovely, lovely horse. And I think he's up at Scone at the moment, that horse. Mm. Been a nanny for the for the yearlings, I think, and I'm not quite sure. I'd have yeah. to check with Colin. No, that's that, true. That's dead yeah. right. Colin told me that he called in to visit him on a road trip a couple of years ago. Cole gave yeah. him a pat. Yeah, as I said, he's a lovely horse. But as I said, while, while I was there, uh, he had uh, Blue Tiger Roo won the, the BMW. It's now called the Tancred. Yeah, um, he might have won the the Canberra Cup, um, and he had. Like Easter Cream won a Sydney Cup. Yes. Oh, he could um, get a stay already, couldn't he? Yeah. Look, Cole mm. always. He only had sort of fifteen in his stable. He's always a, always had one really good horse in his stable. Mm. Um, but you know, in that time, as I said, like it was a small stable, but it was. He's very is a very far far with me, and uh, you know, and taught me how to be how to take time of a horse, or you mm. know, take a horse for a pick up. You know, just reward horses. Don't go too hard on them. Just. Mm. Just those sort of things that you know, he's an older sort of time trainer. But I, I to this day, I you know, I do pretty much work horses how Colin would. Mm. I started feeding like how Colin would. Um, 
and I just always think back, what would Cole do? Um, yeah, if, good. You know, no no, no finer so. tribute than that. You were also yeah. there when Cole's wonderful wife, Jackie, became terminally ill, eventually passing away in 2009. It was a terrible time for Cole, who had to rely heavily on you and Loretta Beckham uh, during Jackie's ordeal. And you were telling me the other day that having to shoulder that extra responsibility was the making of you as a future trainer. Yeah, it was. Um, look, it was, a, it was a very hard time for, for Colin and, and also for us, you know. Like, we, we got to know Jackie and, and obviously I got to know Colin pretty well. And, look, he, as I said, uh, Loretta was the main track work rider. Well, she she pretty much ran the show and I was sort of helping her and, you know, mm. we both working together. I, I'd have them, I'd have the work list. She'd, she'd be sort of riding them and let me know what to go when, when Colin mm. wasn't there. But, it would have been tough for Cole because you know he he um, he couldn't really focus obviously on the work, but he you know I, it was sort of the making of me of, of how I, I had to sort of learn quick. Right. I, I sort of went down there thinking I knew a lot, but I I, I didn't. Um, but just showing that little bit more responsibility while Jackie was sick. Jackie was one of the nicest persons you, you ever do meet. Yes, she, you know she'd done all sorts of things that she. She had that in a, uh, the Lord Lodge into a, a bed and breakfast. She she wrote a, a book. I think she wrote she might even wrote a couple of books. I'm not quite sure, but she was a, a lovely lovely woman, and you know, and mm. he was a lovely man, you know. So um, you know, I just sort of always be uh, forever grateful for for both of them. But you know, at that time it was very tough, and I, I just don't know what Colin was going through, but it would have been tough. I, I tell mm. you, you know. Well, you were still hungry for more experience when you left Lord Lodge, so you moved on to Macedon Lodge where Lloyd Williams was running a unique operation. He had four separate barns, you were telling me, with a foreman for each barn. You looked after one of the four. Who looked after yeah. the other three? Yeah, so so obviously Robert, Robert was the the main trainer for Lloyd. Um, Robert so how, Hickmott. How, Hickmott. Robert yep. Hickmott, yeah. So he was the, the head trainer. So how I originally got the job up at Lloyd's, Henry Dwyer uh, was at Caulfield. Um, he moved up to Lloyd's and he just rang me one day, said, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a few jobs going up here, foreman jobs, would you like one and all come up for an interview with Lloyd and, um, yeah, end up getting the job. Um, look, while, while I was up there, like, I, there was quite a few foremans. We had Liam Howley now, is a, you know, a, yeah. a Melbourne trainer. Uh, Dean Krongold, he was he's a trainer as well. Archie yeah. Alexandra. Gee. Um, and, a, and, a, and Fleur Blanche. You probably heard of Fleur Blanche. She was used mm. to work for, for uh Gay Waterhouse, she was there as well. She trains at Grafton now, I think. She she, she was there as well, yeah. So mm. and then and Lee Friedman was looking after us all, uh, sort of overseeing the whole, you know, all them sort of management the whole lot. So this yeah. this is um, this was a, a really good year. We ended up having, uh, I think we had six runners in the Melbourne Cup. I don't think they mm. all ran well, but you know, even that that year we we had um, you know Faulkner win the, the Caulfield Cup. Yeah, I think we had Moran uh, win the Sydney Cup and a mm. few other races, and geez, some good horses up there. And it was mm. it's just a different different way of training, and that's why I sort of went up there. And mm. 
look, it's just to, just to learn how to what to do with those good stays and, and and just see some really good quality horses. And look, I enjoyed my time up there, and look, I, I learned a lot up there as well. You know, so yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, there's some some good all those sort of people I mentioned. They're all sort of trained on their own now, and mm. and they're all doing well. So we had a good team of people. Mm. Um, and then we'll just sort of, you know, in charge of the barns and mm. and um, Lloyd had some yeah pretty nice horses. Don't, let mm. me tell you, the horses warm up on a circular track, and then they work up a straight one thousand meter synthetic, and you tell me it's one hell of a hill. Yeah, it is. Like they they just got a, a normal round track to do their warm up, or they'd probably I don't know they'd probably trot one can of three, and once they're warmed up, they they go walk down the hill and. And do their work up the hill, um, you know, and that they'd probably, you know, do those sort of Tuesday, Saturday. And look, he'd always to, uh, as well, he'd take them into Mooney Valley, you know, on a on a Tuesday morning or, or, or a Saturday morning as well, get their sort of grass gallops. There was no no grass gallop out, uh, out at Masson Lodge, but there was no. lots of other things to train a horse. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good training facility. I loved it. Uh, they, you know, we walked the property every morning and afternoon with them and and it just yeah, state of the art complex and you know, the best horses in the world. So look, the the year and a eighteen months I was there, Jesus was a good good. You loved every minute of it. You know what oh, you I had did. you had one wonderful stroke of luck during your time at Macedon Lodge. Many of the staff enjoyed an after work refresher at the Macedon pub. And one night at that famous watering hole, you met a lovely young lady called Jayanne, who was to become your wife and the mother of your eight-year-old son Harry. You won the lottery. Yeah, I did. It was actually, it was actually the first night I, I was up there. I, I thought I'd just go up and first night I got up there and I, I just uh, there was a few other guys going up there and I, I thought I'd go up and, and check it out. Um, and the first night, yeah, I. I met Jane there. She was there with her friends and just got talking and things like that, um, as you do. And look, we met there and we're just leaving and um, and yeah, we just obviously exchanged numbers, numbers and gone from from there. And, um, obviously, obviously, yeah, gone from there. She's yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it was it was good and you know we're um, we've been sort of going now. It's probably been close to ten years. So. Yeah, she's been good through the the good and the bad, you know, and she's mm. um she's done well to. She stood the stick. test of time, mate. <laughs> she has, yeah, yeah, it has. And you know, look, it was my time up up, up there was really good. It was just another part of learning, and yeah. um, they're all very different trainers, John, Colin, and yeah. and Robert. Um, you know, but you know, you just take a little bit from 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 each people, and, and mm. what you don't like, well, you just work it out yourself, don't you? you yeah, know? my word. Um, well, you've got eight-year-old Harry, and you're also stepdad to Jayanne's son Julian. What age is Julian? Uh, Julian's uh, turning sixteen this year. Mm. Um, Julian just started doing some work at the stables. Um, he's at boarding school at the moment, and he's he's doing really well. Um, he's going to start doing an apprenticeship, I think. And but he loves horses as well, mm. as well as Harry. They're, they're both, I think, they're. Very interested in the racing. Um, well, I suppose they got to be. I suppose that's we sort of live and breathe it at the moment. So, mm. um, yeah, it was you know they're, they're both good boys and and um, you know and, and Jane's a good mother too. So you know mm. proud to proud to have them by me. You know. So. Yep. 
Now, Todd, just sit back for a moment. We're going to clear a commitment on the podcast. We'll come back with you after this. Australian trainers are giving Pride's Racing Cube the thumbs up. These small but powerful extruded cubes provide the ultimate muscle fuel to help horses finish their races off while promoting gut health. Racing Cube is a set recipe formulation in which the same premium quality proteins and essential amino acids are used in every batch produced. Racing Cube's profile and digestibility allows you to feed approximately two to three kilos less per day than similar raw grain rations. It's salt-free to help reduce irritation if you've got a horse prone to stomach ulcers. Mornington trainer Jason Warren introduced his horses to Racing Cube early this year and is delighted with the results. We've had a great deal of success since making that change. So really pleased with Pride's and not only the Racing Cubes, they've got a number of other feeds that work well for us. Pride's Racing Cube is available in the popular 25 kilo bag, in bulk bags or straight into the silo if you prefer, giving you quality equine nutrition at a very economical price. Talk to your local rep about Racing Cube, another winner from the Pride's Easy Feed Stable. Trainers are giving it the tick of approval all around the nation. My special guest is Canberra trainer Todd Smart. Well, now let's go back a bit. Your first runner uh, was a mare called Four Mia nine years ago. You were training at Wagga, of course, at the time. She failed to win in five runs, and it would be nine months before your first winner came along. It was a mare called Deluvium in a maiden at Gundagai, which must have tugged your heartstrings. Yeah, it was. It was, um, you know, I, I, we put, um, yeah, for me, she ran third. She never won a race. But Deluvium, I had um, uh, uh, Martin Hay and Nick ne- Nick Nebiting on this horse. And, um, you know, that was my first win. It was such a thrill. Um, I had about eight, eight or nine runners, and I thought, geez, I, I thought this was going to be easy. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it just wasn't working until the eight or nine start. But, but it, yeah, as I said, it's it's one of the hardest thing I've ever done was was start training, you know, and um and and having a you know a baby on the way. But it was mm. just a just to win that first race. I'll, I'll always remember it, and to do it with you know a, a guy called uh, Martin Hay, which is still with me now. And we, you know, yeah, I just got wonderful. off the phone with five and minutes ago. Timmy um, Clark's brother Brad was the jockey. Yeah, Brad. Brad was a really good help to me earlier on when I got to Wagga. Um, pretty much wrote a lot of my work. Um, Johnny Kizzy, he helped me out a lot too. Um, both both jockeys are, are, have been good over the years. Um, mm. Brad, when I first got there, he was the one that sort of helped me get started. And, uh, you know, so I've always, always be forever grateful for those sort of guys, and I always yeah. am. You know, I always, these days, I think Brad's um, helping out with the stewards in, in Wagga. And, yeah. And Johnny's a little bit, he's out at, with injury at the moment, he's had a bit of a, a problem with his um, back of mm. later time. So, you know, they're, they're both friends of this day. And as I said, it's all, you, all, you need all the help you can when you're starting, I tell you now, you mm. know, even from anyone, you know, just your mum and dad or Jane or, or whoever, or just loyal owners. It's, it's just a, it's a hard battle when you're starting as a young, young fellow, you know. Yeah. A former John O'Shea trained horse was the one to bring you under notice. He was by more than ready. His name was Art Bow Ready. You won three with him, one at Albury and two at Wagga, including the Ted Ryder Cup. 
and you look back on him as the horse to give your career a kickstart. Yeah, I think so. Um, look, I, I, I had a couple of horses there that, look, they'll won a couple of maidens or, or something like that, but he, he, he come down from John's um, for Martin and, da- and David Tout. Um, this horse here, look, he, he, he come down he come down to me and I, I, the horse was going really well. Um, Brad Clark was riding work and he was going really well and so was Johnny Kissing and he run, run first up for me and uh, on an unsuitable distance, and I thought, geez, this horse is going really well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the second start for me, I think we won the the Stan Sadler Stakes on Walgreen. I think he might have been thirty to one. And mm-hmm. I, I told told the owners to back him, and geez, they had a, they, they won a, a good amount of money on, mm-hmm. on the horse that day. And good. That sort of you know they sort of helped me out as well, and you know said David and and, um, and Marty, they sort of helped me out. With uh, a floating um, a, a Ute, um, and yeah, and that, that I still got that floating Ute to this day after that win, you know. <laughs> have you, have um, yeah, so God, God you know, bless, was, art thou ready? Yeah, art thou ready? You know, and that was <laughs> that was a big thing, and sort of you know, I know it was only a, like a cup win around Wagga, but people notice those sort of things when oh, they yes. first start. Yes, um, and it sort of got the ball, ball rolling, you know, but. Mm. Obviously, the, you know the ball rolling, but you're still behind the scenes. It, it, it's just hard to make a make make a quid mm. early on if you haven't got nothing sort of backing you early. And yep. it, it it just it was just a hard slog. And and you know, there's a few times there I thought, oh, geez, I don't know if I, I should be keeping on this. It's just <laughs> too hard. You know, it's it's way too hard. And I yeah. Well, so now I'll I'll go another month, and I'll I'll go another month, and I ended up you know ten years ten years later I'm still going. So. Yeah. And, and, and going well. Hey, let me and, let yeah. me duck back to uh, your days at David Blundell Stables yeah. uh, when you were fourteen or fifteen years old. Yeah, he had a terrific old bush horse there at the time called Carvalin, who was your favourite. You loved the horse and you loved his colours: yellow and black stripes, black cap with big yellow dots, and a yellow pom pom. They're your yes. stable colours today. How did you get them? They are. Um, as I said, when I was, you know, a kid, uh, you know, 14, 15-year-old, Carvelin was going around uh, at that time. Um, as I said, he had 127 starts, 25 wins and 38 placings. You, you couldn't do that uh, this day and age. Amazing, um, yeah. You know, he, he was such a good horse. He won a, a Snake Alley Cup. A lot of people think with my colours, it's all about, the you know, the Gundy Guy Tigers colours, but it, it, it's – not that it was no, Carvalin. Yeah. Um, look at it, you know, Gunny Guy Tigers is the black and gold, but the whole thing behind it was this horse called Carvalin. He was a, you know, a cold hero and Gunny Guy, this horse, mm. um, back in the day. Um, so, you know, I, I liked the horse so much and I was just looking, thinking about what am I going to do for, for me colours. And this horse, um, you know, was, was my, my, my childhood best horse. So I, I thought, why not? Why not ask these guys? Could I use, you know, the Carvalin colours? They're black and gold, a bit of the mm. symbol of Gundy Guy, the, the Gundy Guy Tigers, and mm. and I, you know, I, you know, I ring um, guys in the horse, Lenny Towers and Happy Burke, uh, that they're really good friends of my my grandfather. Mm. Um, my grandfather was never into racehorses, um, but he was always up for a drink with these blokes every time they won. So <laughs> he had twenty five good drinking sessions. 
Yeah. Probably more, no doubt more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I asked Len, Len, could I use their colours? And yeah, yeah, I've, I've been I've been using their colours ever since. So oh yeah, yes, good when, good colours. Look yeah. from from a race caller's viewpoint, there are few more identifiable than your stable colours. They're brilliant. Now, Todd, yeah. times on the wing. I've just noticed uh, we've been. Uh, we've been talking for quite a while, mate. I just want to cruise through some of the horses yeah. who've helped you along since your training career began, yeah. not in any particular order. Yeah, sure. We'll go straight to the top of the pile. Washington Towers has been yep. very good for the stable. Eight wins, seven placings, 200,000. He won a benchmark at Warwick Farm one day by a minute, three and a half lengths with Ellen Hennessy in the saddle. He's not finished yet. No, he's not. Um, look, he's a, he's a superior wet tracker. Um, where that day was just such, a, such a special win. Um, look, he's a, we bought this horse as a ready to run, and, and he, he went really good early. Um, and that, just that day, I, I just knew he was on the horse. Mm. The horse was was going really well. Uh, Ellen, you know, she she just can ride a really uh, good front runner. She I just mm. knew her from when she time down in. Uh, Queen being the camber and yeah. look, it was just such a good thrill. My dad and all his mates and uh, a close mate of mine, uh, Ben McCarthy, which you know, runs sort of my behind the scenes, my, my my business. He was he got this group together and um, it was just such a thrill. And yeah. you know, he's been me yeah, my best horse so far. Mm. Um, and yeah, he, he's he's just about ready to come back and he'll be probably trolling in about a, about two weeks time. And looking, I think he can. You can nearly put a few uh, together again uh, once these wet tracks come, you know. Good on you, mate. I hope he does. You've done a great yeah. job with a commands gelding called Attainment. His yep. record stood at seven wins and 21 placings when he retired a couple of years ago. Yep. He was placed several times in town. He ran second in a tab highway one day at Rose Hill. Yep, yep, he did. And I think he took about... Oh, he's 15 start until he won a maiden. That horse. Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden it just clicked and he loved the wet track too. Um, you know, and just a, a lot of – he come from the, the John O'Shea's. I think he might have been at Godolphin at the time and he sort of mm. – he, he sort of – he said – recommended that we possibly buy this horse and we did mm. and we've had a lot of fun with him in those highways. He never did win one, but, he, you know, he, he did place a, a lot and – Mm. We had a lot of good fun with him too. So he was a, he was a, he was a lovely horse, but just just loved the wet track. Didn't love like, mm. like a firm to good, but always loved a heavy track. You know. So. Yeah, Eurasay's been a great money spinner for the stable. Three wins at Canberra, one at Wagga, sixteen placings. He's won about yeah. one hundred and fifty thousand. They're hard to find. Yeah, he was a horse I bought um, just on spec. It was, I think it cost me fourteen grand. Is the first sort of yearling, well, yearlings I bought. Just walked in, didn't know what I was doing at the yearling sale, and ended up being that horse. Um, mm. You know, and he, he he might have placed a couple of times in, in those highways as well. And mm. he's just retired now. I, I, I've actually just retired him today. Um, he's had enough. He's done enough, and oh. he, he's been a, such a, a nice horse, uh, such a nice natured horse. And mm. and yeah, geez, geez, the owner's had some fun with him. You know, you, you don't have to pay a lot to to, to get a nice horse. You, you just mm. gotta luck it sometimes. You know. So. Tobermory is another of your good, yep. consistent performers. Six yep. wins, eight placings, all in the Southern Districts. You yep. keep them ticking over very well, Todd. You keep them happy. 
Yeah, that's the biggest thing, and that's sort of going back to you know, the Colin Little days. You know, you just got to keep them happy. Don't overwork them unless they need it. You know, and you just got to keep them. That's the feel of me. You know, taking them for a pick or you know, taking them for a swim or, or backing off them, and it, mm. you know, and you just got to keep these horses their mind happy. Mm. Um, you know, if they're happy, they'll race happy. You know, and mm. and it's always sort of come back to sort of you know the Colin days where he you know take a horse for a pick after a gallop or just back off a horse if they're not doing well. And, you know, mm. just, just, you always sort of look back on the sort of old textbook, those sort of guys, you know, mm. and mm. I, I, I always look, always think, what would Colin do? Or what would, what would John do? You know, those sort of things all the time. Mm. I always, always think that, you know. Yeah. And, good um, on you. Kelvedon yeah. Road was a nice horse. Four yeah. wins, three placings. He only raced 12 times. Did he have problems? Yeah, he had um, bruising his hind fetlocks. He's still out in the paddock. We're hopeful to bring him back in. Um, he, he look, he's he's got a lot of potential, but has a, a lot of issues. Um, he's another cheap horse I bought for seventeen grand at the uh, Ready to Run horse, and he's mm. Ready to Run sales, and you know, and he's had his issues along the way. And look, he, I'm hopeful I can get him back to to full health. But if he does, I think he win win a nice race in town. But mm. look, we've had a lot of fun with him, and he's been one of my favourite horses along the way. Don't you worry about that. And, mm. You know, I, I think he's, I think he can, he can be even better. We've just got to overcome his little issues he's got, you know. So. Yeah, and that's Kelvedon Road. Now Kelvedon to your Road. current star, Love Shuck, who <laughs> recently gave you a career highlight by winning the $200,000 two-year-old English challenge yes. at Scone with a bloke called Aaron Bullock in the saddle who would win yes. on a <laughs> on a rocking horse. Kristen it Buchanan's would. horse gave you a scare late. Yep. Oh, I was – we had we, – we, I, I knew we won the race and then, you know, we we just celebrated and things like that and all of a sudden, you know, the sound went on, uh, protests, and I'm thinking, oh, no, you know, we've, we've put the sash on the horse, we've done all the stuff and all of a sudden now we're going to lose it. You know, this is all this, all this stuff was running through my mind in the, in the yeah. steward room. Mm. But Aaron was really confident in the steward room and before we went in that he thought he was doing enough and – and it was, you, you know, he was doing enough, and you know, and end up, end up, we end up winning. But you know, it was, it was just such a thrill, um, you know. And winning these sort of races, it makes you, makes you look back on how many people have helped you to get to this stage um, mm, along the way. And, and yeah, and you know, and there's some good mate Ben McAllister has been there. We got, uh, you know, uh, Marty Hay, which is just a gave me my first first horse. He's actually in this horse as well. Mm. So that was, you know, it was just a such a good thrill. Uh, mm. You know, it was so real, and just to do all these guys in it, it was, yeah. it was the best thing. So look, he he's just gone to the paddock now, and look, we'll give him a good spell. He, he hasn't had a good spell, and look, you know, I'm hoping bigger and better things for him. And oh yes, he's but, won two yeah. from three. He's still unsure yeah. of himself, isn't he? I I, I looked he, at the replay from Scone. He is. He is, mm. and I just think, you know, he, he could be, you know, 12 months' time, he's, he's a very quirky horse, but all those good horses have got quirks. And, mm. you know, I hope he doesn't get – doesn't lose his quirks because, you know, that's probably him, you know. But I, I, mm. I just think, you know, 12 months' time, you could see a really, really nice horse. So he's going for a spell and, you know, as I said, it's the biggest, biggest thrill in my racing career, but, you know, always thankful for, for people 
behind the scenes and, and mm. who have helped me along the way to, you know, to get a win like that. And he's a $6,000 yearly. That's what I was going to uh, say. That you know, That's the nice part of the story. And Yeah, uh, yeah. Inspirational to the smaller players, 6000 yeah. at the old yeah. scone sale at Riverside. They now call it the HTBA sale. That's right, they do. And, um, yeah, we've, we've bought another one this year, so let's, let's fingers cross all, finger, cross everything that we can – go back to back, but, you know, th- these sort of sales and these sort of races, it, it makes like country trainers or or little trainers, you know, ho- hope for the, you know, hope for the bigger races and, you know, and, and hopefully get, you know, a cheap horse from this sale. And it's just a good incentive what English do. Mm. Um, you know, they have all these sorts of, t- sort of you know, serious races. Mm. It just gives hope for, for younger, oh, for younger, younger trainers, not much money. Mm-hmm. Doing it tough, buying a young horse, and and you know, and can race for this sort of money. So, mm. you know, they're on the money with these sort of races, and you know, and I, and look, 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 let's hope we can win it again next year. But yeah. um, I don't want to be too greedy. But I, I once you get that feeling of winning a nice race, you want to do it again. You know? <laughs> of, course, of course, you do. That's yeah. inspirational. What did you buy this year at the same sale? Yeah, we bought an exceedance filly, uh, forty thousand dollar filly. Uh, she's at the breakers at the moment at Jeff Edwards's place, uh, Eagle View Equine at the moment, and um, she's doing well. And she looks like a really early going filly by um, exceedance. Uh, by exceedance, yeah, mm. and and really, you know, glides along the ground, and we'll head towards. Um, that 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 race, and you know, like with that love shark, I I, I there was the it was the first thing I said to the new owner. Said we the one race we're gonna we want to win is the Scone Tourod race, and no mm. other sort of races. You know, if we if we you know we, we obviously if we're all from Canberra or Gundagai, we, we'd love to get to a Black Opal and win it. We we obviously got to went to that race, drew wide, mm. and you know if I look looking back on it now, I, I probably shouldn't have ran the horse that day. It drew wide, mm. and it was never a hope. But I still knew I knew a had a horse that was was capable of winning if we drew a gate and look if you got if you put Aaron Aaron Bullock on um it had, you know I think it, it puts it, it helps you for a couple of lengths I think at the moment where the way he's riding you know yeah amazing he's well clear he's got the state premiership all sewn yeah. up I think he's yeah. about thirty wins ahead of James McDonald yeah well, uh, look he's riding a good form and look he's a He's from uh, Chumit or in between Chumit and Gunny Guy, but I mm. uh, can't claim as a Gunny Guy bloke, but I think Chumit do so. But mm. he's a country guy and, and doing good things. And, you know, he'd, he wouldn't look out of place in the, in the city, that guy. Um, mm. He just rides very strong and confident and can read a, read the play. And, you know, and mm. that's that, those better, better jockeys, they're just good. At, they just know what they're doing in the run, know what's around them. And, mm. And I, he, he rode a half a kilo over that day, and he, he never used his runs, you know, rides uh, under 57 and a half. And he got down to 57 that day and, and um, he had to ride a kilo over, but still, but still got the job done. And, you know, and it was, it was a good ride, and it was a good good win past the post, and it was a good win in, uh, in, in the steward room, too. So mm-hmm. we, we, I suppose we won, but won twice that day. So. Now, a little bird told me you've got an unraced two-year-old in the place by the name of Gundy Guy. Different spelling yep. to your hometown, G-U-N-D-Y yep. and then yep. G-U-Y. When do we see him? Yeah, look, I, I think you'll see him trying in about a month's time. Um, mm. Look, he's a, a later 
sort of you know three year old type, but I, I he's had his issues. He's he's done a few things to himself in the paddock, and he's mm. he's had a lot of time, but a lot of force time in the paddock. But that's okay. He probably need it. But I I think you, you'll see him trial within the month. Um, he might go for a bit of a short break after that, and you'll see him, you know, around Christmas time. I think. But he's, he he's, he gives me a feel of a really nice horse. So he's definitely one to watch. He was a a fifty thousand dollar yearly. Uh, at the classic sale, I think it was, and you know, I and my dad um, and his mates and you know mm. and a few others, a few other guys are in him too. So um, yeah, I, I can't wait for him. But there is a few others there that we've bought too. But um, yeah, just just keep an eye on them, and uh, you know, they're they're always going to the races, ready to win. So yeah, mm. Todd Smart, you are a living, breathing example of what hopes and dreams can do when you combine it with hard work. Coming up, 90 winners with hand-me-downs and cheapies in the main. Colin Little said a few years ago, after you spent six years in his stable at Caulfield, he said, you're a gun horseman. I hope that dream horse wanders into your Canberra stable very, very shortly. I hope so, uh, John. I, you know, I live and breathe it. I, you know, it's 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 not just my living; it's my hobby as well. Um, and it's, 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 I sort of, you know, it's just been a long, hard road to get where I am. And you know, it's you know, but it, but you've, you're always, you know, forever grateful for people that that keep you up. You know, and a younger trainer, that you know, I, I always say to people, if someone asks if you want to be a trainer, it's a just, it's a hard gig, but you know, I always sort of go back to you. You know, it's always a hard gig, but you're trying to. Always think back, you know, keep going, keep going, and look. You know, as I said, as I said before, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And I believe in that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've always been taught that too. You know, so. a proven formula, my boy. A proven yeah, it formula. Is. It is. <laughs> Todd's been lovely to catch up, mate. Um, yeah, I no longer you. call the races, but should I make a comeback, I'll be looking for the yellow and black stripes, black cap, big yellow polka dots, and a big yellow pom pom. They're lovely. Yeah, yeah thank, thanks very much, John. It's a, really appreciate talking to you. You're a legend of the of the track yourself, so it was, it's been a pleasure. My pleasure, Todd. Thanks for your time on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound. Sydney Stayers races in midwinter don't attract top-class fields, but they're welcomed by the trainers of horses who are not good enough for the autumn and the spring. One such race is the listed W.J. McKell Cup to be run at Rose Hill on June the 17th with a purse of $160,000. The McKell Cup was first run in 1962 as a tribute to Sir William McKell, Premier of New South Wales from 1941 to 1947 and leader of the State Labor Party. He intended to leave the public arena as far back as 1946 but he was offered the position of Governor-General of Australia by Prime Minister Ben Chifley. He accepted the coveted role and remained in office for six years. In 1943, he played a part in having the Sydney Turf Club Act passed by Parliament and the new race club was given the go-ahead to conduct 62 race meetings a year. 19 years later, he was honoured by the Sydney Turf Club with the introduction of the W.J. McKell Cup. And for many years, Sir William himself made a point of getting to Rose Hill to present the trophy. 
Sir William McKell died in 1985 at the remarkable age of 93. He's remembered as a great racing man and the founding father of the Sydney Turf Club. He'll be remembered at Rose Hill on June the 17th.